TV Corner. Hi guys, Lulu and I are back with another Film Core TV Corner podcast. This time we're talking about Hulu's hit TV show, Little Fires Everywhere. Based on a best-selling book of the same name, Little Fires is about how a suburban family's life gets turned upside down after a visit from an artistic outsider and her daughter. Um, Just as a side note, this is based on a book, but we're going to do our best to separate the show from the book just to, you know, keep it about what you're seeing visually on the screen. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) So this show had a lot of hype leading up to it, not only because the book itself was so popular, but it's led by two big heavy hitters, Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington. What a moment for Reese. Yeah. What a moment. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What are your first thoughts? And do you think the series delivered overall, like lived up to the hype? Okay, I didn't really know about the book. I'm not big of a book reader, but I um, I love the show. I thought there was great acting, perfect pacing. Um, it's just the kind of stories I like that examines race dynamics, uh, family dysfunction, and privilege. And I thought, I thought they did a really great job at like really, sh- really creating a full rounded character, especially women. Mm-hmm. Like all the women were were perfectly flawed and. I thought it was really great. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to your point, yeah, definitely the pacing was solid. And I think that's really hard with a lot of drama. Sometimes they're like super slow or sometimes too fast. And you're like, wait, what's going on? But they definitely took their time to really build up everything. The momentum was great. Um, I really enjoyed the flashback episode. That was like sort of its own siloed piece where we got to understand both Elena, who's Reese Witherspoon's character, and Mia, who is Carrie Washington's character. You see the parallel between Elena and Bibi even when you see the flashback because the big issue, the central theme of the show is about how Bibi abandoned her child and all this drama starts. Or at least one facet of the story is that mm-hmm. um, the kidnapping, not the kidnapping, sorry, the adoption of Bibi's baby, Mei Ling. And we see that um, it all happened because Bibi um, for one night had a lapse of judgment and decided to put her child um, outside inside the um, fire station. Um, and we see Elena kind of doing the same thing too. There was like in her flashback, we also see Elena having a moment. She was having postpartum depression and she also had a, uh, and she went off to get the pacifier and has, and then returned for what a whole day. But instead of like her punishment is losing her child forever. She had a whole system place for her and it just shows the privilege of like they're not that much different like these two women went through the same things but like elena had the privilege of having a support system behind her her husband bill and her friend uh linda and i think it did a really good job at showing like yeah mothers sometimes have their moments where they're not gonna be great mothers and like should that be something we punish somebody for I don't know yeah I think that's a great that's a great point Uh, I think it goes back to one thing Mia says about motherhood where the difference between like Elena who's had like wealth and sort of uh her own and her own uh white privilege where Mia has you know grew up sort of like a struggling artist um got to college on her own through a scholarship that she didn't lost and had to find a way to keep it yeah Reese sort of had like you mentioned that support system to kind of make choices and have that flexibility For a lot of people who are struggling, especially like Mia and Bibi, it's sort of like, I have one hard choice I have to make and hopefully I can recover from this decision. But they don't really have the luxury of just like, you know, 
It's uh, what did Mia say? She said you didn't have you didn't make good choices. You had good choices. Exactly. And and that is like the central theme of privilege here. It's like Elena and Bibi went through the same struggle of like postpartum depression, but Elena had that had choices for her, and while Bibi was just an immigrant who like had no support system, so. So. It's really hard because when you watch the show, of course, your natural reaction is like, well, Bibi abandoned her child. Like she um, she she did what she did. You know, now she has to live with the consequences. And that at least that was my initial reaction. And then I have to put all my privilege and all my understanding in check because like, first of all, I'm not a mother. I don't know what it is to go through like having a child. But I have heard it's like an emotional roller coaster. Postpartum depression is real. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just like, it's just really, the show really had, really forced me to like put myself in check because I initially I wanted to side with Elena and Linda. And then I was like, but why am I siding with them? Of course, that they, of course, they have better choices. Of course, they have. Of course, they can be better moms, you know, because the system is rigged for them. I will say I struggled a little bit less with this. And maybe it was because of probably because of my own personal experiences. But honestly, I felt like I don't know why it had to be so black and white. First of all, like, why couldn't they just give custody of Mei Ling to Linda and then just enforce some sort of visitation between BB and Mei Ling? And that would have kind of made everyone happy because then that's what. I was thinking too. I was like, couldn't we like come into a middle ground here where we have both mothers present in this one in this little girl's life? Yeah, though you may argue that like Linda as being like really protective and paranoid at this point would not have gone for it. If they had started off this whole thing at the very beginning the right way, with BB yeah. approaching them differently, there could have been a mm-hmm. less um less volatile experience for everyone and it could have just worked I- in everyone's favor. I really feel like there's like no winners and losers in this story. It's just like that's like how complex it is. It's like every like there's no wrong or right here. It's all a matter of perspective. Yeah, this is actually one of the this is like to your point, one of the more nuanced endings where like exactly like no one really won. There was no winner. Mm -hmm. There was no loser. It just sort of was life. And that's it. And that's just how things sort of shook out in Shaker. Maybe Maybe Lena lost. <laughs> Maybe she's the real loser. Um, how do you... Well, okay. So how did you feel... Just while wrapping up Mei Ling, how did you feel about the ending about BB stealing her back? Like I said, it, it's... You know, it is what it is. You know, I don't know if, if it's wrong or right at that point. Like, I think there... I mean... Okay, if I'm going to talk about resources, I think that she's providing a life for Mei Ling that wouldn't be that great, you know? But then we realized, though, that Elena provided all those things for their children, for her children, right? Like she provided the security, the home, but it was a cage for them, too, that they had to yeah. like break free from. So it's like, does having roots really matter? Because Elena had roots and look what happened to her and her family. So I don't know. It's again, like it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if there's a right or wrong way. Pearl chose Pearl uh chose uh Mia after learning the truth she accepted that you know like she wasn't mad about her but like would that be the same for Mei Ling would she have the same reaction later at 15 years old knowing what kind of life she could have had Hmm. so I also really struggled with um that that Pearl 
Mia secret. So we know that Mia went to art school, lost her scholarship, no fault of her own, but mm-hmm. because the school lost funding. So then a couple approaches her to be their surrogate. At the end of the day, she chickens out. Yeah, and she never and she she chickens out and never tells Pearl about her the truth about her father, how much she was wanted, and they spend this entire their Pearl's entire life constantly moving around. Um because you think it's just because Mia's artistic choices, but really mm-hmm. it's part of it is so that she's on the run. Can, yeah, they're sort of on the run, exactly. Which to me, I had a lot of issues with this. I mean, I get that Mia was young when this all happened, but ultimately, like what she did, leaving a child to believe that they were like unwanted is super traumatizing and a unnecessary move. Like all of it, when you when you make these little to quote the name of the story, these little fires, it does burn everything at the end. And by not just being honest with this couple, with not being honest with Pearl about the situation, I mean, she created a lot of trauma within Pearl's life. And I think it's really unfair for her later on to be, first of all, like upset that Pearl's upset at her for finding out. One. Two, upset at Elena for telling Pearl, which I agree was not Elena's place to tell Pearl since it's not her daughter, but Mia should never have kept that a secret. And the truth always comes out. And usually it's never how you want it to come out in the first place. Yeah. And then three, I think it's really unfair to emotionally put the burden on Pearl to be like, well, you know what? You're my mom no matter what. You don't have to feel bad. I mean, no, what she did your entire life was pretty manipulative and not okay. Yeah. Like, there's a reason for it, but it's true. She didn't, like, there's always a reason for why people behave the way they do, but it's like it's sometimes the reason is not good enough justification for the trauma and like the moving around that she put through. But um, yeah, I that's why it was that's why it was so hard to like who to root for, Team Mia or Team Elena, because I felt like they were like cut from the same cloth. They were both neglecting their children in a way for their own needs. Was, yeah. That, that was the same, you know, like despite it being in a different shade of it. Yeah, you know, they, they definitely, were... yeah, yeah, to your point, they definitely both mix, miss the bigger picture because they're so focused on their own form of control and their own yeah. idea of like what this family needs to look like. And mm-hmm. I think, I mean, as far as like being Team Elena or Team Mia, I found it very hard to be on Mia's side, even though I knew that I morally should be on a bunch of issues, especially like when it came to Elena's like uh, microaggression, aggression, mm-hmm. which I Sorry. felt like was they were hamming it up so much because overall Elena wasn't that like unlikable. Like without I it, mean, how bad was Elena of a person? Really, not that bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think. It's hard to uh, dislike Reese Witherspoon. That's why that like <laughs> final episode was so shocking and like had your hairs go up because you really saw like her like I wish you were perfect, you know, come out of her. <laughs> yeah, like oh my so god, that scream, is- that scream rocked me. That was that was the sound oh. of an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being first. <laughs> <laughs> take it all, take it all, Reese. You earned it. No, that was yeah. I think that just shows. I mean, she, it's hard to dislike Reese. She's just like a very likable person. And I think um, on that note, like Reese definitely brought those nuances to Elena that made you sort of like, you get why you're supposed to dislike her, but you couldn't help but like her because Reese brings a lot of humanity to the character. 
I think it's like, I think that's what microaggression is. You don't really realize what you're getting hit with until it's like, you're like alone in your room being like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, what the? So it's like, it always comes with a smile. And that's why Reese is, that's why it's hard to call out shit like that. It's hard to call out Reese for being racist or for being problematic because she does it with a smile. Sorry, not Reese. Elena. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, though, I will say though, like, even though we are supposed to be on like a lot of the character sides who are on the receiving end of these aggressions, like it was really hard to like Mia. I mean, I did like Mia. I never liked Mia. And I tried so hard this whole show. I don't think it helps that she is always snarling. I'm sorry. Yes. I don't don't know if it's Trey Washington's choices or what, but it was like she constantly had this chip on her shoulder and it was kind of annoying. Even when Bill or Elena were generally just being nice, no aggressions, no whatever, just being normal. She just couldn't stand being positive for like two seconds. Yeah. But I think it's because both of them hated each other for what they weren't. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Elena had a problem with Mia because Mia represents the life that she could have had if she wasn't, uh, if she didn't feel like she had to live up to the status quo of going back to Shaker's Heights, having this family, you know, like Elena did not want to have her fourth kid. Bill was an absentee father. Let's be real. I don't feel like Bill gets enough hate. I was going (laughs) to, bro, I was going to say that too. Bill does not get enough shit and it's ridiculous. So Elena sees Mia and she sees what, like, wow, you're living a life that I didn't have the courage to have to have. And and Mia sees Elena and she's like, you're living the life that I couldn't afford to have. Yeah. Like, I couldn't be granted to have that because that was just not in the cards for me. So they both like hate each other for the things that they wish they could be because they both are like see that in each other. Yeah. It's like the grass is always greener. Yeah, oh, and yeah. Back, circling back to Bill, in the, Bill. In the last motherfucking Bill, in the last episode, <laughs> Bill goes off on Elena, and basically says that the whole reason that all this chaos has started lately is because Elena was so insistent upon Mia rinsing the house and Elena being so involved in everyone's business. And I'm like, wait a minute, Bill, you're gonna sit <laughs> here right now and tell me that as a father you're not going to help mediate things with your wife and their daughter if you feel like the relationships are weird you're not going to step up like, when Izzy was born for example to be a more supportive parent like like Elena's no no saint but Bill can't be out here acting like he's he's the person arguing the case with Mei Ling so you're going to tell me she's all in people's business you're the literal lawyer you're literally yeah. paid to be in their business right now yeah i mean it's really unfair. It's like there was no acceptance of fault for Bill. Like, I don't feel like he realizes, like, the strains that he put on his wife by having the forced child. Like, that flashback was so heartbreaking because you see the rhetoric of, like, a lot of people agree that we should have a choice of, like, of of if we want a kid or not. But, like, when it comes to it being a personal decision, like, people are shamed by it. Like, yeah. Elena had no super like she did not want to have the fourth kid she was ready to abort but like her mom was tell was saying that's not something that we do like they accept the choice for others but like it's not something that we do for ourselves so she has to like live with you know with the fact that she she was already like stretched so thin and yeah you kind of just 
understand why she breaks down the way that she does. And yeah. like you kind of feel it's not justified at all. You should not hate your daughter the way she hates Izzy. But you understand why she does. You, you well, see, I, like, I well, think, she never wanted yeah, you. Yeah, and definitely um, towards the beginning, when we first introduced Elaine as a character, her, her desire to be organized and very, like, precise and schedule everything seems, like, sort of neurotic. But then you realize she's organizing the lives of six people at a time. Like, who you have to be organized. Like you yes. have to schedule everything. You have to write it all down. Like that's what I, we keep demonizing these people who strive for perfection a lot. And especially comparing them to like Mia, who's sort of like this carefree artist, but it's really not fair. Cause Mia definitely has the luxury of like doing whatever she wants to do where Reese uh-huh. definitely doesn't. And that is, yeah. uh, that is the, the one difference that I think Mia never really sees is that she in actuality has more freedom than Reese or Elena ever did. I think everybody it I think what the show does so well is like everybody has expectations placed on them, you know. Yeah. Uh Reese Elena was born into her own set of expectations and the thing that and it's funny cuz she resents her daughter Izzy and I think the reason why she resents her so much aside from the fact that she didn't want her to begin with is because Izzy is the only one who can actually who's actually being like I don't want to partake in this bullshit. Yeah. that was passed on you from you to your mother to her your great grandmother you know all that like this is like she's like saying no to the trauma of of this inheritance yeah i and i okay so with with elena and izzy's relationship i do love this one point when uh mia calls izzy out about it like izzy wants to continue to be like the sort of like I'm a, I'm a black sheep in the suburbs attitude. And Mia points mm-hmm. out, like, this is this is you. This is who, how you were shaped. Like, no matter what, this is your truth. And this is something that is a part of you. And you have to just because you want to be Just because you want to be different doesn't mean you are. Yeah, exactly. And I think that truth comes back with, I mean, I went to high school in the suburbs. I know a lot of us were sort of like, you know, alternative and had our own, some you know, issues to go through. But a lot of the teen angst, is sort of a phase that we do all in fact go through for the sake of angst it's not really based yeah. in anything and for it's- izzy yes her sexuality can be a center piece of that but other than that izzy has nothing to be upset about and yeah. i think that's what it's sort of frustrating it's sort of hard to be on izzy's side a lot when she again like mia can't be nice to save her life for no reason can never cooperate i know <laughs> it's frustrating it is it is is. and honestly elena saying sometimes it's hard to be your mom wasn't to me that mean of a thing to say i mean it wasn't but the whole thing i never wanted you (laughs) yeah that's that no she first let an episode like the middle of the season she let in too like with like it's hard to be your mom into i never wanted you was i was all the kids in the background was like oh my god damn that was i it was so freaking sweet to see all these siblings finally coming together yeah. to stand up for their little sister, especially because you see throughout the whole season how they weren't. They kind of like didn't see her side at all to it. But I also feel kind of like, yeah, Elena is bad, but reading what I read on the internet, they make it sound like she's like a lot worse. <laughs> and I'm kind of just like, she was just some a mother who who just didn't make decisions for herself. Um, I also feel like it was kind of like, it sucks that that guy 
that she like that works at the Times Magazine gave her such a filthy read. Jamie, it's kind of like yeah, it's just like dude. I was dude, like Jamie, like, fuck you. Okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> she doesn't owe you like, anything. Okay. <laughs> you like yeah you waited all these years just to like rub it in her face you fucking sociopath <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make you look any better <laughs> like yeah that was, I was like what okay well i was like do you feel better jamie because we're done yeah I'm yeah done. yeah like great awesome well, you you made a mom cry <laughs> cool yeah <laughs> fragile white male egos let me tell you <laughs> right <laughs> sorry i know uh-huh. and uh, I, I would the only the thing i would have done differently is i think i would have cast someone else as mia i love carrie washington but i feel like she didn't do that character any favors and i feel like it made i mean maybe it, it did help because it made you you didn't you didn't it helped to not villainize elena so much constantly because you didn't like mia so much so you sort of got elena's you you kind of were able to see both sides but yeah. a lot of the times it was really hard to root for Mia overall because of Carrie Washington's performance. Yeah, but I I think that's like a director's choice because I think it's about creating a character that is like an anti-hero, you know, somebody who is hard to root for, but who we should still root for because they are just on the right side side of things yeah but you know what do, i mean i feel like we also like can't be we, yeah. it's like i'm like it's I'm like pulled like, both ways with this for sure it's it's pull it's like politeness versus authenticity i think is the major struggle theme here you know it's like you can have that suburban i uh politeness that is elena who you're like you'll get a smile but really deep down there's that like nastiness that isn't disclosed or you get with carrie washington who is like just face value nasty. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of nice to get it, but I feel like a lot of the tension was created for just simple moments, which is because it was unnecessary. Yeah, it wasn't necessary because Mia just couldn't be nice. Yeah, it was. I felt like a lot of the fights were like, kind of like, oh, you didn't have to take it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really took that. You took that completely, like not the way you, it was meant at all. Yeah, just like, like it is also like. I mean, sometimes we're gonna struggle. You know, we're gonna like get our foot in our mouth sometimes. You know, like I know I have. You know, and I just hope that. Um, I uh, I don't know what I hope for. I just hope I don't get like such a like such a okay question. Right. Okay. So people talk about microaggressions a lot, and mm-hmm. in this instance, I feel like no one ever corrects Elena in her microaggressions. Yeah, it's like how are you gonna like edu- like? Yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I mean, I know, I know. It's like not our job to like educate people, but genuinely, this is the '90s, and genuinely, I I feel like if. During a wine night, if Mia had just said, hey, Elena, you know, like, it kind of makes me feel uncomfortable when you say this and this. I feel like Elena yeah. might, have been pre- might have actually been responsive to that. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's like, it's kind of like, how are we? I don't know. It's I under, It's like what you brought up. It's like nobody should feel like it's their job to educate, you know, educate people. But it's also it's like, but then again, it's like. How are we going to have, how are we going to get through these people, you know, like Elena and like, let her know like what she's doing wrong. If we're, 
if we're just gonna like just shun her because she, yeah because she, she's, she's like the kind of <laughs> the kind of racist who isn't that far gone you know yeah <laughs> she just needs a little like, help to get back on the path but overall like she a little education yeah. you know just a little i mean but i get it it's like it must be really frustrating for me i don't know this is not my place to talk about it <laughs> like i don't feel like i have uh a like i just don't i i can understand the frustration from mia but i also kind of like i'm like i was how is there going to be like progress if we're too, uh, if they're, if we're too afraid to even talk about about these things? You yeah, know, I think people per- also forget in this time frame, in this this period setting, that like it is the nineties. Not like excusing mm-hmm. it, but it's not two thousand twenty. That's, that's yeah, like literally thirty years difference of progress. What did you think of Lexi's boyfriend? Did you feel like he was doing a good job at like painting? Like, I feel like he was becoming the voice of. He, I think when he, he had he that moment to... with Lexi, it actually did make her like understand more about like why her like letter to Princeton was wrong. Or mm-hmm. he, wait, she got into Yale? Princeton? Yeah, Yale, yeah. Why? <laughs> it was Yale. His conversation with her made her understand why her letter to Yale was wrong. And it goes to show like how a, a Heart, a true heart to heart like helps someone like her who is privileged and sort of has blinders on like understand why her letter is so hurtful because from yeah. her point of view her especially like her teenage point of view I just use my friend's story she said it was fine like I'm just trying to make you know trying to get into the school I'm just trying to fulfill my expectation that the expectations placed on me and I know you know and it was always I think that they're it's I mean it sucks that they broke up but I think that conversation definitely helped move Lexi's perspective forward and was a conversation they should have had like probably a year ago um with like the whole trip moody thing Mm -hmm. this is dumb oh yeah I mean ah I'm so glad that Izzy got through to moody about like she doesn't owe you shit it's like that's a I feel like that's a message that never gets old because it's never like sinking in to people yes. enough. Like men have been hearing this message for like probably like 30 years now. <laughs> and it's still like it's still new to them. So I'm like, yeah, that was stupid trip. But also, like you said, they're teenage boys. They're not, you know, they don't have the maturity to feel complex feelings. It's Sometimes you, it's like kind of like when you're when the guy you like likes another person and then you hate that girl. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, like not this person's fault. They should have. They. I wish they had would have been mature enough to all talk this out as adults, but they're not. They're kids. <laughs> they're kids. They're children. So it's like completely into in their realm to be acting this stupid and like this. But yeah, it's it is what it is. I feel. I mean. It's nice to know that Trip actually had feelings for Pearl, though. It was, yeah, it was like was... a little. It was nice that she got that experience for herself, like this quintessential suburban experience. Yeah, and then she left it on red. <laughs> <laughs> that's how badass she is. <laughs> She's like, that's not for me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> It's hard. I have a hard. I don't hate. I don't hate any of these characters. They're just like they're just human characters that, like, if I, if 
you know, that all deserve some kind of sympathy. I, yeah. They were all doing their best. I actually hate them all because they are human. That's why I, I think I enjoy the show. Yeah. It's like I'm not rooting for anybody <laughs> no. specifically. I'm <laughs> just not. like, it's like watching a train wreck. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, I really, I, I really identified most of that firefighter at the end who's just trying to get the facts, and she's like, "I don't want to get involved with this drama. This is obviously chaos." I love how he was like, "Uh, started with little fires everywhere," and I was like, <laughs> "Yes, roll the credits." <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is the moment. We got it, guys. It's your luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, uh, <laughs> well, wrapping up on this, um, any final thoughts? Is there anything that you wish the series had like done differently? Um, there's what? probably not going to be a season two because that's like the end of this is the end of the book. The book ends here, so I think it'd be nice to walk away and le- leave it be. Look, I completely agree with the sentiment, but we do know how <laughs> they love their money up there. <laughs> Hollywood wants more money. So they'll probably be making season two of this because they left us so open ending, like uh, several of the stories. Like, where where is Izzy going? You know, will she find Mia? Like, I don't know. I believe there's gonna be a season two. That's my take on that. Um, I hope there isn't a season two because I like the ambiguity. I hope so too. It's almost like Freaks and Geeks level of like we don't know what happens. Um, mm-hmm. or neither does it really matter because just like. Pearl's poem and like they mentioned about the bird you know they're forever changed you know and they have to mm-hmm. escape the cages that they're in um yeah thank you so much for jumping on this one with me thank you for having me yeah and I'm looking forward to the next one bye <laughs> I don't know